Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It is time now for the bigger picture. And Ryan, when we look bigger picture this week, there's just a lot of things to look at. On the one hand, you've got jitters in the market. On the other hand, you've got the earnings season coming up. And on another, another hand, you have an issue of COVID resurgence in parts of China. Yeah, we've got to use our hands and toes here to count all the issues investors need to grapple with and navigate this week alone. So you've got, pointed out, jitters coming through from China. COVID-19 again resurging or re-emerging in terms of a potential lockdown. We've seen the casinos now on a week-long lockdown. So that's something that could just worsen if you have the mass testing in Shanghai. Uh, Just surfacing more cases and you have the earnings season which will give an indication of how much or how well the businesses are coping with rising cost pressures which uh, spirals as well as the potential tightening of purse strings by consumers as we see a potential recession or these fears of recession rising. Also in the backdrop is uh, what's happening with the various issues like the assassination of former Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe. Yeah, really sad news that one. Yeah, so let's get a bigger picture from Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Morning Vasu, how are you doing today? Good morning Ryan and very well, thank you. Hey, lots of issues for us to uh, dive into. Let's start with what's happening in Japan. We had the unfortunate assassination of Japanese Prime Minister or former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. That sparked an initial round of safe haven buying in the yen. Why are your expectations on how this might play out for investors' sentiment and confidence in Japan? We have a neutral call on Japanese equities, just like we have got a neutral call on US equities, Asian equities. Generally, for equity markets, we are neutral to cautious. So no different for Japan. Yes, Abe's assassination is a very sad event. Perhaps to some extent, it helped the LDP to, you know, garner votes in the upper house elections. So, you know, the current prime minister clearly has a stronger hold on parliament. He's able to push through his agenda, adopt, you know, the policies that he want to adopt. But I think, you know, Japan is also facing the global issues that many other markets are facing. So as the yen weakens, one of the side effects of the weaker yen it would be that, you know, the inflation rate in Japan is starting to pick up and that might in turn hurt consumer spending and the corporate sector in Japan. Mm. So while the Japanese yen has weakened significantly this year, almost 20% year to date, you know, you have not seen as much of an impact on the Japanese stock market. It has not rallied on the back of this very sharp yen movement. Typically, you know, the weaker yen should have been positive for the Japanese economy and stock markets, but we've not seen that happen. And I think that's partly because of the fact that, you know, there are other global headwinds that are affecting uh, Japan as well. Yeah, typically a weaker yen is good for exporters because it makes them cheaper or more attractive in some sense. Um, That's not happening right now. And also on the agenda is quite a busy week when you look at what's on the agenda when it comes to energy. Uh, You've got the Australian Summit where we have the International Energy Agency hosting the Indo-Pacific Energy Forum. So you have the Quad meeting there. That's Australia, India, um, Japan and the US, as well as US President Joe Biden embarking on a four-day tour of the Middle East to encourage more production of oil. Uh, What do you think is going to happen here when it comes to the oil production outlook here? Well, you know, Ryan, I don't think it's going to change the equation dramatically. I mean, Biden is trying to mend fences with Saudi Arabia, get Saudi Arabia, which is a swing producer, in some ways a central bank for the oil market, to increase production. 
Of course, you know, politically, I think, you know, he may, his, his trip to Middle East may derive some benefits. He may mend fences in Saudi Arabia to some extent. But whether Saudi Arabia can actually increase output as the U.S. desires remains to be seen because, you know, there are skeptics out there. You know, the current Saudi output is 10.5 million barrels a day. And, you know, there are people who say that this is below what the Saudi quota is, the OPEC quota that, you know, Saudi Arabia has been allocated is below. So, so essentially, you know, it seems to imply that Saudi Arabia is not able to ramp up production you know, to the levels that it desires, you know, mm. which is what uh, maybe the constraint with OPEC. We're expecting a lot of OPEC to, you know, increase supply, flood the market with oil, bring prices down. But can they do it? Because, you know, they may be facing supply constraints as well. So, you know, I think that is an issue. Even if Biden is able to mend fences, he may not be able to get the Saudis to increase output in a big way. Yeah, part of the question is what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, where you have those issues still lingering. And you have Janet Yellen making her way to Russia, to Asia for a tour, where she's going to be meeting the G20 uh, as part of the Finance Minister Summit. So they are going to be talking about supply chains and possibly more Russia sanctions. How do you see this playing out in terms of impacting Russia, which is also one reason why we are seeing the euro weaken with the possible prospects of a recession? That's right, you know. So again, you know, Yellen's trip, just like Biden, I mean, it may garner some political mileage to some extent, but I'm skeptical because, you know, I think, you know, what one of her key agendas is that she wants to have a cap on Russian oil prices. Mm. So she's going to take this proposition to, you know, the Asian countries that she's going to, to the G20. They want to cap Russian oil so that, you know, the Russians don't make as much money for the current oil prices. But whether she's able to get the buy-in remains to be seen because at the G20, you'll have Russia present, you'll have China present, you'll have India present, and you know that this three countries are against any kind of, you know, cap or any kind of serious sanctions against Russia, you know. So whether she's going to be able to get enough people in the room on her side remains to be seen. I mean, so yes, it's something that she's trying to achieve, but whether it's ultimately going to be achieved uh, remains a big question mark. Yeah, of course, the Russian gas pipeline to Europe is um, currently going into a bit of maintenance period for about 10 days or even longer. So that's just raising those worries about the gas supply to Europe right now. Uh, Looking at the earnings coming up around the corner, Vasu, retailers and banks are going to be in focus this week. Are we likely to see signs of a recession reflected here? Well, you know, I'm not sure whether we're going to see signs of recession, but, you know, the markets are expecting some kind of an earnings slowdown, and you're already seeing that come through, Ryan. You know, at the end of March, uh, if you look at the S&P 500 index, earnings growth forecast was 5.9%. Now, roughly around July 8th, you know, based on FactSet numbers, you find the earnings growth forecast for the second quarter, based on the S&P 500 index, has been brought down from 59 to 4.3%. And roughly about 102 companies have issued earnings guidance, of which 71% or 71 of these 102 companies issued negative guidance. Only 31 have issued positive guidance. So I think the key thing the markets are going to look out for is what these companies say about the outlook. If there are signs of a sharp slowdown, signs of recession, that's going to spook the markets. Because right now, earnings forecast on analysts remains very lofty. You've not seen earnings forecasts being taken down in any significant way. You know, so essentially, if this earnings season proves to be a disappointment, that could result in earnings downgrades. And again, earnings could be the next shoe to drop, which will hurt the markets. Yeah, also watching out very closely is uh, what's happening in China when it comes to steering markets. And you've got a bit of a data dump this week. You've got GDP data, trade data, as well as retail sales. How is that likely to steer market sentiment when you already have policymakers promising support? Will it be a case of bad news? Will it be good news anyway? Well, you know, to some extent, I mean, the markets are expecting China's economic growth in the second quarter of this year to come in just above 1%. That's a slowdown from more than 4% in the previous quarter. So 
So, you know, when that numbers come through, the markets will say, look, I mean, clearly there's a case for the Chinese government to do a lot more in terms of stimulus. They've already announced quite a bit. The most recent announcement was on the Chinese ministry, uh, finance ministry, where they're bringing forward uh, U.S. $220 billion of uh, new special bond issuance, you know, to speed up infrastructure spending. But, you know, Ryan, the thing is that the markets are now very worried about what's happening with the COVID situation in China. So, Although the economic growth numbers may not be good, and that should actually be a case of bad news being good news, the problem is the COVID numbers are now resurfacing in China and proving to be a headwind. So I think the markets are, at this juncture are going to be very focused on COVID more than anything else. All right. We've been chatting with Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks for time this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Have a good day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.